Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It has been a very interesting week. As my regular listeners know, I'm dealing with a lot of pain and some issues. We're getting on top of it. It is not easy. But a little housekeeping first. While I've been sort of laid up where I can't sit at all, have a pinched nerve in my groin, yes, of all places, I haven't been able to sit for almost two weeks. Today's the first day I could sit in a chair. So I've been standing at my desk for uh, a couple of hours every day, but I have a a hip issue that I'm in therapy for right now. And it just, every time I do that, my legs ache so bad. So it's kind of like a, uh, you know, catch 22. So I'm spending a lot of time because I'm... uh, been a huge believer in everything is figure outable long before the book was ever written in the fact that, you know, I need to find a workaround. So I have a new laptop that I can work on the couch or in bed. That has given me the opportunity to kind of do some cleanup and to start kind of checking into a few areas of my business that I've sort of let slide or that I haven't taken the opportunity to grow yet. So a couple of things I want to apologize for, but also say welcome to all my new listeners. I have a very high proportion of you that listen to me on my website, coulda, Thank you. It is my goal in the near future to actually combine the Living Well with Shell website with the podcast so you only ever go to one place. Right now they exist separately. Uh, so I talked to a website person this week about that and, and in cleaning it up and getting things a little more relevant. And that's where we found a break in my link for the free ebook download. Uh, high-functioning habits. This is what can happen when you are not paying attention to the little things. The other thing that was happening is found that my category somehow had been set to, yes, lifestyle, but they have reassigned that to the LGD, you know, the gay, lesbian, whatever. It all sounds for, sorry, I just on the top of my head, I don't want to make a mistake and get all the letters backwards. So there has been a large influx of new subscribers. Thank you and welcome. Uh, you are greatly appreciated. But you might be wondering why you're here and I don't talk about those issues because <laughs> that's not actually my my genre. That being said, you will find lots of great information about keeping an open mind, having grace, letting go of limiting beliefs, and I believe they're all tied in. But it was a bit of a surprise to me to find out that that's where my podcast, for some reason, now whether iTunes or WordPress had a change in their categories. I do not know. So, you know, this is a good lesson for business, for your life, for your marriage, raising your children. It really does not matter. You got to check in once a while. And I have really struggled this past year, as I've talked about it many times, because of a lot of, you know, my father passed away and we had to put our dog down. It's been the COVID craziness and my own pain. I just feel like you know, over a year has gone by now, and I really haven't been paying attention to the minute details. So one of the new habits in my life that I'm quite enjoying, and point of, you know, 
speaking of checking into details, sometimes it requires you to kind of calm down, slow your pace a little bit. So these things get on your radar. And that's actually how it happened. I now read the paper again. I have not done that in years. But when I was struggling with the propaganda on mainstream news, did, knowing after doing some research that these news outlets, especially in America and in Canada, are paid for by, you know, get huge donations and support by political parties. So therefore, they tell you what they want to be told and nothing else. I really struggle with that level of censorship. I applied to a thing called the Epoch Times. And I love it. I love just sitting once or twice a week, slowing down, eating my breakfast, having a decaf coffee, and reading the paper. And it gives me great things and ideas to podcast about, as well as little reminders about things, especially in their lifestyle section or their opinion section, things like, oh, I've left that slide. And believe it or not, that's how some of these things came to be, how I got back on track a little bit. Well, there was a great article, and I'm going to just give the credit right up front so that I can just randomly quote for the rest of the podcast. Her name is Nancy Collier. She's a psychotherapist, and she contributed to the Mind and Body section on the March 4th to 10th edition. And the title was fantastic. Why You Can't Think Your Way to Happiness. I read the article, and I was like, oh my goodness, this was me. I'm in my middle age now. I have grown substantially through my life and gained a lot of wisdom. Wisdom I wish I had 30 years ago. But you know what? That is part of the journey. The part of the journey is learning. And then once we've learned to mentor those that haven't learned it yet. I was very, very fortunate in my younger years to have amazing mentors. Uh, I wish, you know, we all wish our family could, could be what we all need in life. It often can't be. But it's, n- it's not your right to blame your life and lack of growth on that situation. You need to take charge and go find what you need in life. And that's what I did when my family disowned me when I was younger because I was a single mom and married to a divorced man. I wasn't even married actually when I got pregnant. And they disowned me for a period of time. I went out and found family. When my dad was an entrepreneur but didn't really trust or support my ability to be an entrepreneur, I went out and found mentors for that. I aligned and associated myself with people whom I wanted to emulate. Doesn't mean I didn't have great respect for my father and I appreciated all that he brought to our lives and his success in life. But he wasn't able to really mentor me in a, in a kind of hand-holding way that this is definitely one of my problems because I live in my head. And it has taken a lot of time, practice, awareness, and putting into place good habits that short-circuit this thing of mine where I overthink everything. When you overthink everything, you get very emotional about it. Now, here's, there's a couple of quotes that Nancy has in this article, and I'm just going to read them right off out of the paper. We are each operating in a universe, our own minds, with rules and systems that make sense to us but that have little or nothing, nothing, I want to repeat that word, to do with what's happening in other people's minds. Now, this was an analogy that was given to me a number of years back about, by my own coach, actually, I think, 
about being in a movie theater and you're watching your life from your standpoint. But if you go down into theater number two and your mother is sitting in the audience watching the exact same life go by, her movie looks completely different than yours. And you go into the next one and your spouse is sitting there or a coworker, your children, your siblings, it does not matter. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Now, this became really interesting to me because she tells a story right at the beginning of this article about how friend A is doing one thing and how friend B is, is receiving it. Uh, I'll quickly just paraphrase it. Friend B thinks friend A only does what she does because she's judgmental about her weight. What the friend A is doing is that she is concerned about the other friend because her lifestyle is very hectic. She works a bit of a workaholic. So when she comes over and she brings a little treat and says, I made this for you and it's healthy and it's low fat, blah, blah, blah. She thinks she is supporting someone that is struggling in their health journey. The friend that's receiving it just says, you just think I'm fat and you want me to lose weight. None of those things are actually true. They're a story that you make up in your head. And how I have tested this in my own life, this ha luckily I learned this younger and probably for a large period of time forgot about it. But it never ceased to amaze me how four people can be in a conversation and all walk away with a different perspective. So this is what happened. Shortly after I got married and my family and I reconciled, my sister and I did not have a great relationship. She was married very young at 19. I was married at 22. But the point I make that is she's four years younger than I am, but Brad had been in my life for a long time. And we were all at some family event, I think at a cousin's, and somehow got sitting around talking about my wedding or the gifts. Now, I didn't have a proper wedding the first time. I had been disowned because I was pregnant and I would come from a very strong Christian family. So the family turned their back on me and my parents were not at my first wedding. My marriage only lasted two years and I was a single mom for over a decade before I met my current husband that I've been with for 23 years. That day, I remember sitting in my cousin's house and we were all chatting and later there was a huge fight with my sister and I and I couldn't figure out why. Now, I'm going to paraphrase this a bit because I'm not exactly certain, but we got talking about a wedding gift or something. But later, my husband at the time gave me stress for what he heard. And I looked at him and I said, Jerry, that's not what I said at all. He says, well, that's what I heard, Shell. So I immediately phoned my sister because she had left the room and was very upset. Ended up, I found out later, I saw her crying and upset with her husband and talking to her husband. She's very young. We're all very young at this point. Let's be clear. And I thought, okay, what happened here? She was upset with me from half an hour earlier. So I phoned her and said, hey, Jerry said that I said this. And Angie, that's not what I said at all. And she says, that's not what you said either. You said my wedding gift wasn't much. I was stunned. I was like, you thought I said what? I, no, she gave me a lovely gift. I think it was a crystal bowl. It's hard to say. It was a lovely gift. I just remember that there was nothing wrong with the gift she gave me. And I don't know how in her mind, whether her own insecurities, our lack of a understanding, good communicative relationship. My sister and I have hated each other from the moment she was born. My mother fostered that disconnect because to Angie was kind of her world and she pitted us off against each other. It was a terrible thing for a parent to do. It came from her own experience in her life, unfortunately, but you don't understand that when you're younger. So she had a story in her mind, then 
we were raised a certain way. We're not very close. We didn't become close to later in life and had fallings out again. And now we're close again now. But my goodness, it's been quite the journey. She heard something through her own filter. Nothing to do with the words that came out of my mouth. What my ex-husband heard, nothing that came out of my mouth. So three or four people are standing around having a conversation and all walked away with a completely different end result, perspective of a conversation. That is how easy it is to think yourself into hurt feelings, a bad reaction. You've always got to quantify and always remember and make sure, do you think the other person feels the same way I do about this while we're having this conversation? It is a very good habit to get into to learn to communicate properly. There are courses on it, there are books on it, and you have to practice. I am able to get along with family members that hurt me and abuse me for years because I just don't take things personally anymore. I have forgiven them. doesn't matter whether they needed the forgiveness or whether they even thought they deserved it. It's completely irrelevant. I forgave them from my peace of mind and because I needed to be part of their lives and to be in my parents' lives. So I let it go. And then I had to learn to practice every time we were together. And I was used to get very upset. My husband would be like, oh my God, you're already doing that thing you do. You're getting tense. You act like a different person around your family. I had to learn to breathe and tell myself not to tell myself stories about what my family was saying to me in a conversation. Take it at face value. Ask some questions. Stay calm. Don't judge. I'm the queen of that. So these are what happens when we live in our own head. One of the inherent problems with our great faith in thinking is that it relies on the premise that our thoughts are true. So in this particular case, I'm sort of giving you a story about what happened with siblings. Again, like I say, we were very young and immature. And three people walked away, all very upset, thinking something got said that didn't get said at all. But... In our own lives, in our own heads, we do this. I do this. This is one of where the, why the article really hit home for me is I do this to myself. I'm an overthinker. So therefore, I also think myself into far too emotional reactions. It has taken me 30 years to learn to temper that. To also understand that just because I'm thinking it doesn't make it true. And just because I'm feeling it doesn't make it true. I have learned to short circuit when those moments happen, distract myself, move on, ask some questions. What more is there? My favorite one is what if in life or is there more here? I don't usually hold things close to the chest like I used to. I will actually go to my husband and say, honey, this is how I felt or what I heard. Is this what you meant? Now, if he did, and I need to, you know, we need to have a little fight about it or disagree, that's great. Nine times out of ten, he's like, babe, that isn't what I meant at all. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because there's no point me going off and having hurt feelings and being in my head where I'm going to overthink it for minutes, days, and hours, or minutes, hours, and sometimes days, months, and years, which is what I used to do, that this is a reality. It's not. So one of my short little circuits is to acknowledge acknowledge the thought and then cancel 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 it's a little trick that a coach in a business coach taught me years ago Colin Sprake he has this little thing he says and I want you to use the hand movement right beside your ear cancel 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 like a little duck squawking our brains are circuitry 
The sad part a little bit about that circuitry is it creates patterns. Now, that is a good thing when you're reading a book like uh, by Jim Quick, the, the, the memory book, the thinking book, which the actual title has left my brain for a second. Uh, and you are practicing new neural pathways and new patterns of behavior, just like me trying to short circuit my thoughts of negativity and the story that I'm telling myself. Okay. That is a really good thing. But the bad thing about it is if we are not aware and if we do not consciously remember to check ourselves and create good habits, that's why I teach high functioning habits. You have to choose. That's why the first pillar of it is choice. You have to choose to be different. That's, it's just common sense. You have to make a choice. Okay. Once you've made that choice, then you've got to find ways to put into practice what will work for you. That's why one of the pillars is decisiveness. You need to decide what will work for me. Now me, I like the little cancel, cancel, cancel thing. Then the stand back and question, is this real? Is this true? And that's a little bit, it's gotten easier as I've gotten older because I do a lot more what we call higher self connection work now. In fact, I'm about to take a course in two weeks about the Akashic Records. If you've ever read the book uh, Waking Up in 5D or, or familiar with any of the energetic work out there around the Akashic Records, I'm very excited to be doing that, but I'm really struggling with the homework because I want to avoid it at all costs. But that's a bit of a segue. I'll be talking about that in another podcast. But part of that exercise is learning to connect with your higher self. Now, being raised with prayer and understanding that there are spirits and guides and stuff helping me, I always have this expression, you know, thanks team. I go to my team, God, higher self, whatever, and say, hey, I, I need this. Can you help me find this? You know, what's, is there a truth here for me? I've gotten better at that with age, but with practice. So that's an awareness you need to come to. That there, you know, connect with your higher self. Your higher self lives in 5D, your physical self down here on earth, probably most of the time living in 3D. It's our whole planet is a three-dimensional world and it's hard to give up on, you know, the, the solidifying of our belief that there's right and there's wrong and there's karma. I, that's a hard one for a lot of people. It's a, the karma is a hard one for me giving up, uh, letting go of the thought of karmic and karmic debt to just say, you know what, that's actually not how this is going to play out in the long term of mankind in history. But we're kind of taught it. And it also gives us a lot of peace as we get older to think, well, that'll come back and bite them in the butt. There's a lot of peace, we, uh, stories we tell ourselves around that way of thinking. Okay. So practicing this and learning your triggers and then creating a new pathway, a new, you know, qualify, quantify, go check it out. These things are very, very important that you do them and that you practice them. Otherwise, this is how depression works because I have struggled with adult depression most of my life. I start thinking a thought and I get on that gerbil wheel. Then it's just a wonderful path down memory lane of all the hurts and all the reasons life sucks, why I don't want to live here anymore, why I hate my family, why I hate my job, why I shouldn't be married to my husband, you know, why the world is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Are you following me here? Okay. The trick is then, like I say, to short circuit those thoughts. One of the things though that works really well is don't short circuit your emotions. My girl came home, my student came home the other day and she did not pass a flight test. She's a, going in for to be a pilot. She is simply not ready. She's not mature enough yet for, for this particular uh, uh, mark in her, in her training. 
and she's aware of this, doesn't change the fact that she was upset and hurt, that she had failed. You know, you can put all the logic in the world to say, no, sweetheart, if, if I had, was a passenger on that 747 and, and you didn't know how to do that maneuver and crashed and killed us, was should you have been behind the wheel? And she's like, or behind this, the stick? And she's like, no, not at all. I says, exactly. So she she didn't deserve to pass it. She had every right to deserve to feel bad and sad and have a good cry and come to us and tell us all about it. And she then she zoomed her mom at home back east. And I told her, I want you to feel the emotions and work through them. Don't try to bottle them up. You don't. I don't want you hanging on to them for weeks and ends. You need to learn the lesson here. You are not prepared yet. You need to study more, practice more, and you're going to write this test again down the road and you're going to rock and I will feel safe getting on a plane that you're piloting one day. Absolutely. Okay. These are the big stuff. She's already got all her small twin engine stuff. This is the big commercial stuff now she's working on jets and, and whatever the big ones are. are. But don't bottle the emotion. I really believe in allowing that to flow. Again, though, the trick is to let it wash through you and release it. You start hanging on to that and then you've got your thoughts trailing down that little trickly and then you add the emotions to it. You are now not only cementing a pattern in your brain, you are also probably trapping emotion in your body that's going to come back and haunt you with disease and pain and emotional upset or emotional disconnect actually. A lot can happen in your physical body if you are not in control of the rest of it, okay? So the reason you can't think your way to happiness is uh, the more you think, the more you're probably gerbil wheeling and as it turns out, it's not really the solution to what ails you. You need to short circuit it. Get up, give yourself three reasons that life is great, go for a walk, go play with the dog. Go have a conversation with a good friend. Reach out. Especially introverts, please listen to me, especially in this time right now. I'm very fortunate. I have six friends, you know, two couples that we have spent the entire pandemic with. And I am not alone. I've I've told you all many, many times how grateful and how very lucky I am in this situation. I have a large yard. Uh, I have neighbors in my own neighborhood that were a very closed unit. And my family, I'm allowed to see on one side because my mom lives alone. So the rules, I, I've been good. And I don't live in a province like back in Ontario in Canada where they've got, you know, martial law and curfews and all this crap going on. We don't have that here in BC. We have a lot of other crazy nonsense, but we don't have that. And our stores and restaurants are open. Churches are being persecuted, but you can go to the bar. Whatever. That's another podcast. Bottom line is, though, there is a lot that I find it very easy to be grateful for. And you've got to be able to do that in any circumstance in your life before you start overthinking. Now, I was listening to the news the other night, and the only news I really listened to is, again, not the paid media. So I was listening to Rebel News, and Ezra Levant was ha- had on the lawyer that was representing one of the pastors here that got put in max, max, maximum security jail for keeping his church open. You know, the place they put murderers and rapists. Like, Wow. We really need to find some balance in our critical thinking here right now. But you know what? Again, another podcast. Uh, And he voiced my feelings. He says, you know what? I want to try. This was the day the gentleman got released. The um, uh, Alberta government backed down and released him. But he said, we should be celebrating, but I'm so angry. I'm so angry at the whole situation. And you know what? I could relate to that. I am very angry at what's going on in the world right now. 
And if you start overthinking that, you will just spiral down into fear and depression. And again, the thinking isn't going to make you happy unless you find things to short circuit it, better things to think about, and then put something into action. And it's usually physical. I have to say, you usually physically have to do something. Go out and touch a tree. I know that might sound a little woo-woo to some of you, not to most of my listeners. I'm getting, after four and a half years and getting kind of a feel of who my, my audience is, you guys have reached out. And I know that most of you understand that this isn't like way, way out there energetically. We're energetic beings having a physical experience. Go and connect with some good energy. Okay. Go hug someone you're allowed to hug right now. Even if it's just your dog, go hug a tree, stand outside, breathe deeply. Get out of your head. Just like the story of the two friends that one thought they were doing something so amazing and nurturing for the other friend and the other friend just felt judged. You know, how polar opposite could you be in a situation? My sister thought I told her she didn't have, gave me a crappy wedding present. I do not even remember what the conversation was about. Absolutely, that did not leave my mouth. And since I know my husband, ex-husband heard a third thing that was nothing like the first two things it was really like wow you know the little okay let me put this let me do this to you you know the little trick where you everyone stands in a big circle and the first person says a sentence and they whispered in the word into the ear of the person to the right of them and then they have to go all the way around by the time it gets to the end of 30 people the sentence isn't even remotely the same as what the first person said that is how we get in our heads. That is how gossip and misinformation is just spread around the world. And then we internalize it and we hold onto it as our own. There is a better way. All right. So I just wanted to chat with that today because I just thought that was amazing. Uh, for someone that is in their own head, for someone that seriously, like I say, uh, my overthinking contribute, contributed for years to my depression and, and thoughts of suicide. And it's just like, it's just, it's not a necessary thing you have to live with, but you have to be aware, you have to choose, and then you have to change. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, and then you better have a plan. Have a great day, everyone. I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelly at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. Thank you.